0: everybody perfect thank you Last time had part one on Nelly Furtado, and this week is obviously part two, so we will be covering Loose and The Spirit Indestructible. And uh Rashad, what are your memories of this era, the second half of, of Nelly Furtado?
1: I remember, okay, this, this, this is going to start off bad, but it may have, to have the ending by the end of this podcast. All right, so... I remember, like, getting off Folklore. I was like, yeah, Folklore, blah, 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 blah. And then kind of like Nelly kind of like went off and did whatever she needed to do in her personal life until she came back with the album. So I don't know which one was it first. I'm thinking it was Maneater. Or was, I, 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 I don't think it was
0: promiscuous. No, I think it was Maneater Man first, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm, so one day I'm sitting there and I'm hearing a, a MTV talking about Nelly Fatale's coming out new album. I'm like, yeah, Nelly Fatale's coming out with a new album. I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. Then I hear Man Eater, and I'm like, okay. So, because uh, uh, cause, like usually, like listening to her last week, am I'm, I'm expecting to be more eclectic. So, like it threw me, it threw me off a little bit because it kind of had like that that throwback '80s Kim Carnes, Betty Davis eyes kind of shit to it. And I was like, okay, what's this? And then I remember going to this girls' party. I was trying to get, at, <laughs> and I- <It's> always
0: a <laughs> girl with you. Man.
1: Always, it's always, just, just 95% of my stories involve yep. women. So, just, yeah, that's how it works. So, I go to this party where this girl's at. I already heard Promiscuous Girl, and I was already dismissed the hell out of it. And I was like, this song's not going nowhere. So, we're sitting there, right? It's me, my brother. And it's like, most of the party was like white people. So, I'm sitting there, and we're, it's at night, and everybody's doing what they got to do. And then, all of a sudden, the song comes on the radio. And all of a sudden, like, all the, the white girls started singing the song. And my brother looked at me and he's like, I'm "Letting you know, this song's gonna be a hit." <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting you know. And when the album first came out for me, I was just like, "Cause I'm so used to, I'm I'm used to to, to the eclectic like kind of like world sounds of Nelly Furtado." So it was to be streamlined and like like uh like in full on Timbaland. I was kind of like, "What the fuck is going on?" But but as we go on, I'm just. We'll get into what goes on later, but that was my initial result to it. I, I bought the CD because I was a Loyal Nelly Title fan, and I played it, and I just dismissed the shit out of it. I was like, this is not the Nelly I'm listening to. Although I will say that I love Say It Right, which is which is great. At, at that point in time, when that song came out, I loved that song. But I kind of like dismissed, oh, and and uh, Showtime, but then the rest of the album I pretty much dismissed until like later on down the road, so that's my opening feeling of that album when it first
0: came out. Okay. I'm pretty much the polar opposite to all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh Yeah. I I love this album from pretty much day one. Uh, promiscuous girl. I got immediately. And I think actually promiscuous girl might've dropped a couple of weeks before Manny to um, Manny to first, the first time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't really like it, but then, you know, it's a real earworm. So within kind of, you know two three spins of it I was like yeah okay I can see and then it hit number one first week in the UK and I was like oh my god so you know what you're saying about white girls and stuff I was like yeah and I, I around that time I did um <laughs> I think it was someone's birthday party or engagement party I was DJing at I think it was, D, I was DJing at an engagement party and the last song they're all like "Oh, play one more song play one more song I was like all right right fine you choose and then this girl came up to me and said oh please play Nelly Furtado Manny to and uh, and everyone just went nuts. And I was like, uh, wow, there's something going on here. And um, yeah, it really worked. It, it absolutely worked. It was a good song. I think, um, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into the specifics of Loose. But as I kind of alluded to last week, this was the album of uh, me and my uh, wife getting together. Um, so when we were initially in... Uh, negotiations to become boyfriend and girlfriend it sounds so funny to say that all these years later but yeah it was 2006 it was literally when um promiscuous girl and uh and loose were um were dropping what do you call it sorry man Eater and promiscuous girl were dropping loose was the album that year uh we even went to see nelly Furtado loose concert in in almost exactly 10 years ago now. And um, so so for me and my wife, this album is the epitome of uh, the one kind of work of music that ties us together from that era. So I always have uh, like an irrational amount of love for this. But I still think it's I still think it's a really great album. I still listen to it um, periodically and, and, and love it. I think it's brilliant. I can totally see why there's so much criticism about it. But in the end, I'm kind of like, you know, fuck the criticism. I, I think you can justify everything on this album pretty much. So um, so yeah, uh, should we um should we get into it? Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: do you say it like that. I was going on with the flow, on with the flow. Where'd that dead air come from? I thought you were gonna go right into it. But go
0: ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you know what, like, uh, yeah, I, I had a nap earlier this afternoon, like, uh, it's probably the first nap I've had, for, and I'm really boosted right now, so just, I might go off on tangents. Alright, so, let's get more professional. Podcasting, yay. Right, so, Nelly Furtado, Loose. It was released in 2006, uh, around summertime in 2006, so, as you kind of said before, the, the two singles in particular that, that preceded it were Manita and Promiscuous, and... uh And those songs, for me, are are an incredible one-two punch if you're a DJ. My God, those two cover so many bases if you're a DJ. You've got the kind of R&B stroke dance-ness of Promiscuous, and you've got the pure kind of white... I I say this in a loving way, but you know what I mean, like kind of like white girl nightclub uh, dance. I think the BPM is 133 on it, and... um, it, it, those two between them just covered everything in in just the first two songs it was incredible absolutely incredible i mean I, i'm not really the biggest fan of of nelly's videos um i don't think many of them have really hit the spot there's always something a little bit off but in terms of because um, even these two videos i barely remember them i vaguely remember "Promiscuous, but it wasn't exactly a classic i think say it right was a good video it was like it was like a, it was like a typical '90s video. Basically, it's kind of like this. I know there's going to be some Canadians listening, and I'm probably going to piss you off, but in "How I Met Your Mother," I remember Robin was like, uh, Robin Shabatsky was like, "Oh, we didn't get the '80s until 1993 in Canada," and I and I was actually in Canada in 1993, and that's the most accurate statement I've ever heard. So sometimes Canada's just a bit bit after things. Obviously, she was in America, but um, yeah, it was it was kind of a little bit out of touch. Uh, even, actually, I was going to mention it on last week's one. Like, you know, we were talking about Try, and why that didn't blow up. Like, the video of Try is really kind of, it's a bit too esoteric and a bit, I don't know. It just needed to be a simple video and it's just too much kind of, uh, too much kind of, uh, you had to buy into it too much. Like, it was kind of old schooly character development, blah, blah, blah. It didn't quite hit. Sometimes you just need to Occam's razor, that shit. And I guess this Promiscuous is more of an Occam's razor video, I guess. Oh, oh my God. Yeah um Hang on, wait, wait, wait. So let's get into <laughs> Nelly's image on Loose, her sexed-up vampy image. I'm guessing you weren't a fan.
1: No, I was not. I mean, I get, like I said, I get it. Like, no n- n- let me preface this: I'm not one of them, them, them prude guys. I'm just not. I just, I just like it. Just took me like from where folklore was going. I thought she was gonna. Okay, the reason why I had such an such, such an aversion to this album. Because I felt like from from Nelly to um, to folklore, I thought she was getting more sophisticated with her sounds. And then when, this, when then when this album came out, I felt like everything. It, it just felt like to me. And like I said, if, she, if her prerogative do whatever she wants to do, so who am I to judge? But I just said it felt like for me. I was like, this whole album felt like when it when it came out, it was like, okay, your last album didn't sell well, so now you really gotta you really gotta market yourself to put your thing out there. And it just felt like to me, like that's what it was. And like I don't blame her because she's a musician; she has to. She but she's also a businesswoman, so she has to sell CDs. It's not always about that, especially if you've achieved a, a certain amount of success with your first album, and then your next album doesn't make as much. So you really got to go for what you know. So when you pull in Timberland in them, and you kind of capitalize on when when she did get your, get your freak on and Miss Jade Ching Ching, it's basically okay. So which way can you go? Are you gonna go off the deep end into more of like that, that that quote-unquote serious artist thing, or are you gonna kind of like lean yourself more towards like that accessible, like pop music? And she kind of leaned towards that other way. Even though it's like 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 when if, when the album first starts off with the, with the "Afraid" song, I think that feels like the most Nelly-ish kind of like inspiring kind of song when it comes out there, and it goes right into "Man Eater Promiscuous. It's kind of like that, uh, like she still has like that hopeful kind of like there's more to life than just the surface level stuff in that first song, and maybe a couple of other songs on here, but then it goes right into "Man Eater" and "Promiscuous," so it's kind of like that—the two Nellies kind of together. Whereas, like, because I remember later on she was talking about the "Promiscuous Girl" song; she wasn't a fan of of it promoting promiscu- promiscuousness, but she kind of like changed the lyrics on one of the on one of the, the the lines or something like that. They kind of like 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 water it down a little okay. bit. I remember she said that later on. So I just remember I just remember when I heard this album. Like, I know why it's a hit, and I know why it's her biggest album album. I get that part. But I always had in the back of my head where it was kind of like, I felt like Timbaland was, was in the zone, and the rest of the producers and songwriters on this. But I also felt like she kind of had to do it in a sense to kind of, like, redeem herself from the failure of Folklore's uh, lack of... I, Record sales. This feel like that to me. It's not a bad album by any stretch of the mark. I just like for me as a Nelly teller fan that loved folklore. I wanted something more along the lines of that, but pushed forward. And then when I heard this one, it was kind of like it was streamlined and ultra accessible, and there were hit hits for days on it. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, for for me, I, I I have a very different point of view. For if if listeners haven't listened to our Madonna podcast, then. Um, we we kind of entered this parallel universe where, basically, which which Madonna album is at Hard Candy? Um, where she basically, we said, you know what, if she had actually uh, teamed up with Timberland in 2006, when Timberland was hot, then Madonna could have made an amazing album. And then you were like, kind of like, I think you, it was you said, yeah, kind of like Nelly Furtado's album, Loose. And then I just, that blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, that's the most accurate saying ever. <laughs> yeah, why didn't she just- And then it's really funny. So I was reading just like a retrospective of this and of Luce and uh, and Nelly actually said she didn't like directly model it on Ray of Light, but she was inspired by Ray of Light predominantly for this album, which is a really bizarre thing because this doesn't really sound like Ray of Light at all. But I think she was getting her Madonna on basically. And she said that she liked trying on different hats and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, okay, you can look at the first her first two albums and say, yeah, the progression from that to this makes no sense at all. Absolutely, I completely agree. But then again, it's her prerogative to do what she wants. And and obviously, you know, you could look at it and say, okay, the record company pressured her into this and blah, 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 blah. But already Timberland had put out feelers for her. And she'd already linked up on uh, What About My Jing 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 and the the Get Your Freak On remix, as you said. So there was the history between her and uh, Timberland. And I think they were a good natural fit anyway. The other thing is you've got to you've got to mention Timbaland. Sorry, what were you going to say? I'll come back to it.
1: No, I was going to say before we go back to this because you know what? you know what also colored my opinion afterwards after this because I remember when when MIA went to go visit Timbaland when he before she did Kala, and then I remember her saying specifically like she didn't want to get nelly for terrorized by Timberland. I remember her saying specifically that, and that's why she kind of broke off with Timberland. And that was that was a crazy thing for her. So I can see I. I Later on, I'll probably send it to you, or later on or something like that. But I just remember her saying she didn't want to get Nelly for Furtado, Nelly for on her next album wow. after she did Lar.
0: I didn't know that. She would never heard her say that. I, I know she kind of yeah. alluded to it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I can't <laughs> come round as like a, a bonus track tacked on at the end of Carla. But um, okay, so yeah, so let's come back to Timberland. So this is Timberland's hottest streak ever. This is his, I'm not going to say, oh, it's his kind of, you know, Jordan moment or anything like that. Because that if you're talking about quality, then he's had various peaks. And you just have to, it depends what you want, basically. You know, he you've got someone who goes back at this point 25 years, yeah. So um, around the Loose era, his work with Justin Timberlake and a couple of other artists, he doubled up with Danger, and Danger's a massive part of all of his success. So the triumvirate was really... Nelly Furtado, uh, Justin Timberlake, and Timberland. And they took over 2006. It, it, you know, in case you are younger and just don't remember or, or just didn't realise, my God, they were everywhere, those three. And it kind of it, it rolled over into 2007 because I think that's when Timberland really released Shock Value and uh, they had Give It To Me and a couple of other songs and stuff. But really, it's Loose and uh, Future Sex Love Sounds. Those two are the epitome of Timberland hitting his hottest commercial streak, definitely, without a doubt. So it's it's really funny because now there's a lot of, you know, it, it, I, try, I try and put myself in your average person's point of view. They would look at it and think, okay, this was the last time Nelly Furtado did anything of any worth, yeah, commercially. Because since then, Mi Plan was a Spanish language album. It didn't really hit. Um, Spirit Indestructible, we'll get to that and she 's finally coming back this year, and that 's it so you 're looking at two thousand and six seven for when you 're getting the last kind of radio hits from her, so they might associate her with Timberland and think, okay, Timberland made her hot, and then since then she 's just fallen off a cliff effectively and then they 'd look into it and think, okay, maybe that 's not quite true, but on this album, I think it flows brilliantly okay you 've got the intro track afraid, and then you 've got the more commercial aspects of Manita promiscuous glow definitely uh and and then it kind of almost kind of a ish showtime a little bit well actually that's something i could imagine madonna having done definitely showtime um then you've got a couple of span spanish language tracks and which i, I like both of them actually uh, particularly i did not like no I igual at the time uh, and then it just grew and grew and grew on me and then you get into the section where it's kind of like say it right and then i I think do it's kind of slapped in a bit just to keep the momentum going but
1: yeah i hate that song
0: i actually like do it but i don't like the positioning yeah yeah it's got that madonna vibe for me i just i just enjoyed it you know it's very cheesy and very meaningless but fun uh say it right uh in god's hands wait for you which is one of my favorite songs of it and uh all good things come to an end and then, and then you have various. Oh, I'll actually come to the bonus UK tracks because one of them is one of the best songs on the whole album, basically. Um, but so it's a little bit it's a little bit hit and miss depending on certain things. But everything is justified to me, pretty much. Um, like, I think my wife's favorite song of, that is, of the whole album is In God's Hands, which I could not stand that song at the time. And then it kind of, <laughs> just through her playing it, it kind of wore me down. But, yeah. Um, sure, i tell you what, before we, we get into anything else, what are your favorite three tracks from this album, if you have okay. three? <laughs>
1: okay. So I would say Afraid, I would say Say It Right, and I would say Wait For You. I would give those three. And then the rest of it is kind of like, like okay, Showtime would probably be like the fourth, uh, if you force me to do four, and then the rest of it is like it's not bad, but that's not what I want to hear from Nelly Furtado. So, like, like on, on, on a critical side, like I get why the album's a hit and it's not a bad album, but on the Nelly Furtado fan side, it's kind of like I didn't get what I wanted out of this album. But, but, but yeah. like, but, but let me, but I, I'll say this, like you said, like going back to what you said, like she has the right to do what she wants. Like, it's not every album's going to be for me. Like, there's many albums from certain artists. That 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 are like I'm a diehard fan of that they're not for me, that like they tell a different thing. And I was like you have you earn the right to kind of do that be, or be beyond you because the one thing I do hate is um is even if even if you're even if your fans this is something that I plan on doing if my books ever hit like I'm not going to like I I I would never disrespect my fans by doing something that I didn't want to do. And waste their time with something like okay, not, be cynical enough to go okay. This is my fans' likes. So let me repeat that fifteen thousand times. You know what I'm saying? Even though I may not have liked what I've heard on this album, it's like, and and I have a certain opinion about it. Like I would never fault Natalie for not doing what she wants. She worked she worked her ass off to get to that point. So who am I to sit there and and look down on her or something like that? So so when I criticize this album, I'm not criticizing it because I think it's terrible or I think she could have done better. It's like it's like it just the flow didn't, just didn't go for me at that time. Now later on in life, I kinda had a little bit more appreciation for it. Like 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 I respect what she did, cause even she could she could've she could've phoned it, phoned it, phoned it, phoned it, phoned it. Phoned it. She could have did the old thing back in the day they used do on albums, three hits and all filler. She didn't do that either. You know what I'm trying to say? So I give so so I can't get mad at that either. You know what I'm trying to say? Like she didn't do lazy beats or lazy lyrics or something like that. Like there was still some professionalism involved in it. It just didn't jive with me at that point.
0: Yeah, and I can appreciate that. Um, the the thing that I would say is that Nelly is a very eclectic artist, and she has a wide variety of tastes. And it doesn't surprise me that she ended up making an album like this. Maybe that it ended up exactly like this, but one that, one that ended up in this kind of vein. She, you know, she'd already worked with Timberland a little bit. And um, and she, I mean, come on, look, she's basically the same age as us. Like, I think we said, like, she's like a year older than me, a year younger than you. And who of our age wasn't a Madonna fan or at least heavily influenced by Madonna? Oh, yeah. And, and you can imagine her as a young girl of being massively influenced by Madonna. This is her getting her Madonna on in, in a lot of ways. Now, I think maybe she might have thought when she started recording all this that she was getting a different Timberland. She might have thought, okay, I'm getting the Timberland who worked with Aaliyah or I'm getting the Timberland from this that, whatever, whatever. Or or, or the Missy one, you know. Um, This is wildly different. This is Timberland being like, you know what, fuck it, I just want everyone. You know, once he teamed up with Danger everything changed and they just tapped into this absolute, it was kind of like almost an 80s throwback, a lot of it was with some, you know plenty of synths and those kind of beats and stuff. It and for the most part, I think it worked really well. Um, a lot, a lot of also uh, Arabic samples, uh, Indian samples, uh, and that comes back to bite them at certain times through lawsuits and stuff like that. I, I reckon also, I reckon she probably got a bit of a shock from the backlash about certain other things like, like lawsuits coming due to unlicensed samples and stuff. Cause you know, she really doesn't come across as that kind of person. She kind of comes across as the sort of person that doesn't want anything to do with that kind of stuff, so... Oh, yeah. You know, um, I don't think she was coerced into everything on this album at all. How, I think she just inhabited it. Now, that I don't think it's necessarily a natural fit for what you'd say the rest of her career ended up being, like, before and after this. I understand that, but I don't, I don't think it dampens the validity of Loose for me at all. It's, it's kind of like, look, you know what, like... I say this with all the love in the world, but in our mid twenties, you know, we thought we were the shit, right? And then you look back and think, oh, I was a bit of a dick, you know. I was actually a little bit of a dick, and kind of like it's, it's but but I, I still own it. I'm still glad of the decisions that I made in in general. There's a couple of big errors, but otherwise, I'm like, yeah, fine. I was a bit of a dick, but at least I kind of enjoyed my life and stuff. And that's that kind of album. Loose is that kind of album that she's. Oh yeah. You know she she's she's not always making coherent decisions, but it's really fun and she commits to it and it got her to another place in life. Um, forget about commercially or within the record industry, but just generally, you know, um, okay. uh, Let me do my favorite. I struggle to get it to three, but I'd probably say promiscuous, uh, showtime, say it right. I'm going to cheat. Do you know what? I need five. I need at least five (laughs) promiscuous showtime, Say it right. Uh wait for you and all good all, all good things come to an end. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the bonus track, uh somebody to love. Did you get that bonus track there?
1: No, I got I got tibush, uh, tibush Spanish version. That's all we got.
0: That's all you got?
1: Yeah. I mean unless, unless there was a version that I didn't pick You know why? Because usually sometimes usually back in the day I would search for like a special edition. But because I didn't like the singles, I was like kinda of like on the edge anyway. So maybe there maybe there was a um another uh version of it. Let me see. I, th- right
0: I think you guys got something called undercover and that was it, maybe. I don't know.
1: The Target edition, got Runaway, uh Photo Gallery.
0: Christ, I don't uh, know what those songs are.
1: Undercover. We got undercover. Under uh, there's there's undercover for uh iTunes. There was Runaway, um, for target target got like a like manager videos and in a studio with target and a photo gallery what the hell
0: i've never heard of it pho- hang on sorry i might be really dumb I, i'm sure it's an actual photo gallery not a song called photo gallery.
1: yeah it's an actual photo gallery. i think it might be <laughs> yeah runaway i've never heard of runaway. Gallery, I'm like, what the yeah, hell? I've, yeah i've
0: never never heard of runaway before so we, we we got yeah we got two yeah let my hair down and somebody to love so let my hair down was as, as we kind of alluded to last week, uh, Track and Field, they have nothing to do with this album whatsoever except for one bonus track, which is uh, Let My Hair Down, which um, I really couldn't stand at first. Then it kind of grew on me because I played the album so much, but I kind of—I still don't think it's the best track. It's kind of really cheesy. Um, Somebody to Love, on the other hand, is one of the best things she's ever done in her entire life. It's that really? good a song. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And it's the perfect way to end the album, actually, as, as a bonus. Perfect. I I, I was always kind of like, this should have been on the real album, but I can see why it, why it wasn't. But it's such a good song. Um, which is another reason I, I love love the album so much. I mean, Somebody to Love is... Oh, man. I'd love it if there are any fans out there who, who who have the same amount of affection for that song as me. So, um, okay. Should we just pick a few kind of isolated moments from this? Um, for, from, from Loose. I'm going to pick... Okay, what did you think of her rapping on Promiscuous?
1: Um, I I tolerated it as much as I could, but it was passable.
0: It's kind of like. It's, it's kind of like. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
1: I feel bad because I know this is your album and I feel like I'm being
0: addicted. No, 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 no. Listen, but do yeah. you know what? We've done the opposite so many times. When you just have this yeah. album, and I'm just like seeing that, like, uh, if Yeah, there I, you yeah. go. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah. <sighs> Put it this way, obviously, pr- promiscuous is not like Illmatic levels of rapping or anything, but if for a club song, for kind of the younger audience, it was good fun, basically. And it is Timbaland rapping. I mean, Magoo used to write his raps, and it's like, oh, Jesus, kind of thing. You know, I don't know.
1: Oh, well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Whose rapping's better, hers on this one or Madonna on American Life?
0: The- <laughs> that's, that's really <laughs> low. That's a low blow, man. This is way better. At least this serves a proper function. <laughs> oh I love promiscuous. Girl. I can't tell you it was a DJ's dream. This song, except the intro. The intro was incredibly annoying. But then you used to have a version where where a bit of the beat got looped, at, like for about eight bars or something. Um, I always thought that was the kind of cheat version. But basically, you kind of stop it, stop the whole party, and then have I turned you on? No, I don't think so. <laughs> and then and then and then everyone would just like be like wow rah, like that. And, yeah. So that that was the kind of fun. um showtime yeah that track was just wicked it was just dope such a chilled vibe i think i don't think timbaland had anything to do with it i think it was dangerous beat and um yeah that was kind of like the most alia moment uh to an extent I, I mean i don't think Aaliyah would have actually done that track but it, it was a very nice a lovely lilt to it and and really kind of calmed everything down after that that opening kind of four and four tracks um the couple of Spanish tracks, like I said before, No Igual, No Igual, I did not like it at first, and then it just absolutely grew on me. Like, it's it, funny, when we were kind of preparing for this podcast, so I was listening to this, and the one track that I just could not get out of my head was No Igual, just could not get it out. So it was kind of, and, and when we were talking about Mi Plan, I was like, I, I remember last week I was saying on Mi Plan, I was like, why didn't she just make more tracks like this? You know, or, or even the next one, Tebusque? Busque, and I was kind of like what's wrong with these tracks just make more of these what was the big deal (laughs) you know i I didn't get it absolutely bizarre say it right i think it's one of the best songs best songs she ever recorded um and, and if you talk about 80s vibes that my god that could be in a top gun video just take you wouldn't even have to do anything just put that in bang amazing tom cruise motorcycle there you go um wait for you i love that song Uh, and All Good Things Come Through, and Chris Martin from Coldplay helped write that one, and uh, I love that. I think that went to number one in this country, actually, from memory. Um, I don't know. There's just so many singles as well on this. Plus, there's a couple of good album tracks like Showtime and Wait For You. Uh, There's so many singles. I just... I don't get the hate for it sometimes. I just don't. I like. <laughs> obviously, I think if you're tiring her with the brush from her first two albums, not tiring, but you know, if if that's who you expect to come and and you you've sort of fed another line, then fine. I can understand why you get annoyed, but yeah. I, I just don't know. I just. No, I think it's not. people a, got angry a, like a, out of proportion about this album and and like, maybe it's the age I'm at or as a DJ uh, or this or, or, or because it's me and my wife's album but it just seems there's a disproportionate amount of anger about this and then it still went on to sell like 10 million almost around the world you know
1: because you know why I can tell you why because here's even she said that her like most of her diehard fans like folklore more than this album because here's here's the thing we're, we're, It's like I, I'll say uh, here's my theory about it it feels like the fans that were through the thick and thin with with Will Nelly and Folklore were a fan of a certain kind of sound, of a certain kind of like her 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 like her heritage, and that kind of like you don't know what kind of sound you're gonna get in the next track and this and that. And then when this album came out, it was very uniform and Timbaland. So it's almost like it's like you're not if, if you if you're if you're if if you were a fan who like and like I said, some fans like I said, some fans loved this one and loved the other two so it's not it's not all fans but there was a certain group of fans where they wanted to hear more of like a like a folklore more like a Will nelly sound and like this is was not that sound wait at wait, all. wait
0: wait i call bullshit on that you see you're saying this is a, a timberland unified timberland out. no it's not you, no 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 no, 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 no such, no, 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 me, what, no, such no, a variety no no wait a minute time. Let
1: me quali- let me qualify okay. Okay. okay not just timberland but that that kind of that that kind of like streamlined feel it doesn't sound like a, a folklore or well nelly like you, like he's like he's like it's not saying like every song is like Timbaland. It's just saying that it's very specifically going for that very popular feel. Like all those songs. Like the reason why I believe this this album is more successful than the other two is because this is because it's just it's so accessible to everybody, not just to people who are Nelly Furtado fans. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like if you listen, to, like because like some people listen to old Nelly, they would not give both. I know friends who not who didn't give Bold like the Time of Day that gave that gave Luz the Time of Day. I know people who didn't give Vocal or the Time of Day. That gave of fate. Matter of fact, most of, most of the people I knew in my circles weren't even Nelly Furtado fans. They liked like one song or two. But when this album came out, that's when the Nelly Furtado bandwagon got on. Hey, like you guys remember that?
0: Oh that yeah, time. I mean, I mean, listen. When I went to the concert, um, so that was what February two thousand and seven. Then it was funny because when she was doing songs from Woe Nelly and Folklore, people generally didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, most of the crowd were there for Loose, basically. And, um, like, I remember, I haven't got the exact track listing, but I remember when she was doing a couple of things off uh, Wonelli, like uh, Hey Man, no one knew what it was. Like, no one, basically. <laughs> Maybe 10% of the crowd or something. That was like, yeah, oh. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This was like, hang on, this is the album that had I'm Like a Bird. Obviously, everyone knew I'm Like a Bird. Yeah, and um, and, and then from Folklore, they knew Forsa. Uh, because that was the football song and she was kicking around these ridiculous footballs everywhere. Um, and, and maybe maybe they knew Powerless. Maybe that was it. And so if you're talking pre-Loose, that's literally all anyone knew. And she, was, she did a couple of other songs from, from the other ones, but no one knew them. I was the only one fucking singing along. It was ridiculous.
1: And even worse, in America, the only song that she was known for up to that point when Loose came out was I'm Like a Bird. They didn't even really know uh, the other ones. No singles and no singles in uh, folklore were even known in this country. Like, did the, the Palace video came out? The Tribe video came out a few a few times, and that was it. The four, I don't think the Force of video even came on MTV.
0: No, I, don't, mean, think I it, don't think it would. I mean, it's a football song. Why would it come out in America?
1: And then, um, and like I said, it's like in America, she's she's most likely known for um, uh, "I'm Like a Bird," and maybe um shooting the radio but even that is like a big maybe right there
0: so basically loose is the outlier of her career isn't it mm-hmm. but it's also the most popular uh album from her career by a long 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 way yes which is weird isn't it because it's the one that sounds least like her um It must be a bit of a a head fuck for her, to be honest, because she's so talented. She's got so many strings to her bow. And then for her to be kind of, I don't know. I don't know if she is entirely encapsulated by loose to your average person, but it sure feels like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe with a couple of exceptions, like I'm like a bird. Um, Yeah. I mean, we plan nothing. Hit from that, like in the wider context, and and we'll, we'll <laughs> I
1: I I didn't even know it came out until I I was going cool. I was farting around on um iTunes. I was like, what, What the hell?
0: I was excited for it, and then uh, like I, I voiced my disapproval of it last week. Um, yeah. but yeah. I think
1: whoever 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 the American person decided to bury that that idea.
0: But like you know, Salam Remy was producing on that uh yeah it had some it had some good producers i know
1: but he's not a, he's not a known he's not like a known guy here maybe in the club scene but may, like in america I, I i could throw out his name and people won't even know who the fuck he is it's
0: crazy
1: i know who he is i know who he is but i guarantee you, you talk to the average american they will have no clue who that guy is. unless you unless you were in the know other than that they don't know who that dude is
0: crazy just crazy <laughs> he's one of my favorite producers Ever.
1: I know who he, yeah, I know, but I'm just
0: saying. He he do. he did half of Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. People do you know what, in fairness, in fairness, well, I mean he also worked on Frank with her. Um, in fairness, in the UK, I think if you maybe not your average person, but but a general kind of person who likes music, if you mentioned Salam Remy to them, they might not know the name, but if you said, Okay, do you know this song, it was produced by Salam Rome, they'd know the song. I think so. Um that guy, amazing.
1: I'm gonna say this. I think the other thing that happened was is that she didn't come out with an album for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's that that's what that's what cemented this one as being the one that was gonna be the one. Now, if she did something where if she did something where like right after this, like a year, a year and a half, she came out another album, then maybe it could lessen the the blow before this long like um, detour until *The Spirit Indestructible*. But it just felt like this album came out and then she took like a long ass break. Because me playing was not even on a blip in America, so the only thing that that they knew was I'm not talking two thousand six until um, Spirit Indestructible came out in two thousand twelve. So that's six years without without it, some kind of American um, 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 blip on the radar.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's worth mentioning those six years had a lot of female performers do a lot of things. You know, Amy Winehouse herself dropped back to black. Adele came out. Um, Rihanna dropped properly uh, God, there's so many actually Lady Gaga, Beyonce continued her world domination so you're talking about a lot, I'm not just to reduce her to a female artist but if you're talking about the loose sound that was taken and run with by a lot of other artists um, or, or even just doing something completely different like Amy did or whatever you know so yeah she, it was a long time Six six years is a long time to go without you know I think sometimes like you have label situations and you have this and that, and, and she always said all along, like with Luce, that she'd kind of envisaged it in advance. Um, so, so maybe maybe she was affected by folklore herself. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sure she loves it, but thought, okay, this really, really didn't hit the mark. Uh, and then her label are pushing her to work with Timberland, maybe, and like Timberland's already put out feelers. So she was like, oh, I, I envisaged the artwork for this, um, like you know, three years in advance. And then she already said she was going to, no matter what happened with the album, she was going to take some time off afterwards and stuff. So she went, you know, she did a tour. Her tour wasn't like, you know, a gigantic tour, but it, it was big enough. And then she took some time off and stuff. Um, you know, she had a young kid as well. So obviously, you know, there are more important things. It's time to give your kid yeah, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're talking for, yeah, exactly like you're saying. If you look at a discography, you'd be like, okay, there's a gigantic blip. We'll get to Spirit Indestructible in, in, in a short while. Um and for most people, again, if you're talking blips on radars, that barely would have. <laughs> Hang on, let me go, not go too far. Ahead. Okay, I say what? Let's let's start to wrap up loose properly. Okay. Um, are you gonna dare to give it a score, or should we just avoid that that landmark?
1: All right. It, okay. I, I'll do this. I give it two scores. If if I'm if I'm if I'm doing like exactly my personal feelings from it, then I give it like a seven. But. If you put my personal feelings in it, then I give it a six i'll give it I'll do it that way but that a, a seven i'll say this a seven for me being critical is is good not there's not a lot of albums that even hit a seven and that's for and that's that and that's just a testimony of how much I love Nelly Furtado. that that album i don't like I'm still giving it a seven if i detach my personal feelings and what I want from it rather than looking at the album for what it was and what it was trying to achieve, it achieved what it, it, it achieved what it wanted to achieve, and achieved a success, it just wasn't something I was looking for.
0: You know what, I'm not that far off the mark, to be honest, from what you've just said, so I mean, obviously my, okay, if you take my personal mark for it, it would be like a 10, because it's, you know, me and my wife's album. Yeah. Um, if I put my critical hat on, then, yeah, I'd probably go, maybe seven and a half, maybe an eight, um, but, I mean, you could you could definitely pick holes in this album. You could say certain songs are too slight, like you said, "Do it." You know, you hate that yeah. song. I can understand why because it's it's a very repetitive and simple.
1: You should have, you should, should see my face when I first heard that song. I
0: was like,
1: I f- was <laughs> like, the fuck is this? Like, are you kidding me? I wanted to throw the CD out the window. I was like, what what are you doing? I was like that. But then after I calmed down, I was like, okay, I see what you got to see what you're doing, but I still wanted to throw the CD out the window. But I was like. I already spent the I already spent the fifteen bucks, so I'm good on
0: it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So critically, I'd I'd probably go for about seven and a half, maybe some around that mark. Um, but I still I just love the album. I love it, and it will always bring back. It's a time capsule for me for sure. Yeah, um, that's
1: that's what art's supposed to be. I mean, yeah. regardless of all this hit and critical shit, it's always about how it how it affected you. Yeah. And there's many things that I love that people think are trash. It's like. Fuck that! I was like, if it, if it resonates with you, that's all that matters. That's what art is supposed to be. Sometimes I think in this day and age we lose it. Sometimes that that's the point of all this shit. It's not just about the money shit. It's not just about like does everybody like it or how many critics like it. It's like, did it resonate with you? Then that's all that matters. Because if that because if if, if, if if that was if that wasn't the case, then most of the artists that we appreciate right now wouldn't put out the music they put out because a lot of the stuff I'm sure they listen to wasn't the most popular shit or the thing like that. It would be a very set, it would be a very monochromatic world if everybody just liked the things everybody liked then, then we just repeat the same shit over and over again
0: Amen to that Okay I tell you what let's wrap up loose and then let's fast forward Okay we're gonna skip over Me Plan because we've mentioned it twice now in the last couple of podcasts and that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say on it um, okay. So you reached 2012 and there's an album by this lady called Nelly Furtado and it's called Spirit Indestructible the funny thing is we're probably one of the two people, two of the only people on the planet who actually listens to this album a lot because it did <laughs> not hit the mark. And like and the most amazing thing is that... So, so, okay, here's my thing. I loved it at the time. I, I did love this album. I listened to it a lot. And then it kind of died down for me. Yeah, fine. Um. And then re-listening to it for this podcast, so out of, out of all the four, well, let's say five, let's be generous and include me planned, that out of all the five albums that I've been listening to, probably for the last month, yeah, because I've really enjoyed listening to it, this is the one that I keep coming back to again and again and again. And my God, this is such a good album. It's such a good, it's not perfect, but it, I'm going to say it right now. There's basically one song that I don't like out of 12. You'd be literally talking eleven the songs. I can just play all day, every day. And there's one song, and even that song's a perfectly all right song. I just don't like it. Um, so, it, and it's just, I cannot stop listening to it. I cannot. Now there are problems with it, and I can tell why it didn't hit the mark. Absolutely, we'll get into that. But, but what, what are your feelings on uh, on Spirit? Industry?
1: Okay, so um, it was weird because because like after Loose, I was like, okay, whatever. So another, that was coming to the album. I was like, okay. And then I heard um, Big Hoops, and I think I, heard, I think I heard Big Hoops, and I think I heard Spirit Indestructible. And I already liked those songs a little bit more than the, um, the, 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 the loose singles. I, I, I like the Big Hoops one because she started throwing all those old school sayings. All school, old school, like, what's the scenario? Like, hijack, like, high five. And then Spirit Indestructible went back to that more like sp- spiritual uplifting Lillian which is my favorite version of her. Whether she's being introspective about love or she's just being overly, like, just, just being like that optimistic without being corny kind of thing. So, those ones. But the one that got parking lot was like MIA Junior. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, the but the, the one that sold me on it was Bucket List. That's the one I was like, okay. Yep. This, is the, this is the one I'm talking about. Um, like I said, I feel like. Uh, I feel like I I wish this album if this I feel like this, I'm making an argument about this album. I feel like if this album came out like a year after after Luce, then it would have been a hit. I feel like if it came out like a year after Luce or a year and a half after Loose, while the iron was still hot, I think it would have been a hit. I think the problem with this one there was a whole generation of kids. You gotta remember, like, Luce was the only album that most people knew. And I feel like a whole generation of teenagers went by. And didn't know who the hell know the title was because she didn't build up a, a fan base over many albums. She only built up like this, this mainstream fan base because of one album, and then she had her die-hard fans, which were even a smaller group. And I feel like this one, I feel like loose was loose was that, 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 that moment in time album. And then I feel like this one, if she came out like a year and a half afterwards this one would have been like, okay, now she's still doing that, that mainstream-ish kind of thing but she's also putting more of herself back into it. And I think if there was another album that came out after that, like a year or two after this one, then she would have been back on the plot that she was on with Folklore. I felt like that for me.
0: Yeah, I can get that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you're right. The Loose was the Zeitgeist album in terms of commercially, for sure. Whereas I think Spirit Indestructible, what I love about it and what it's really grown uh it 's i don 't know it 's aged very well let 's just put it that way a lot better than I thought it would at the time. i kind of thought I was a bit worried the first couple of times I spun it, I was kind of like this is going to come and go without a trace and i was I was okay with that fine, but then I thought i, I just don 't think this is going to age very well and um I'm really wrong like i I, I mean I think it 's aged incredibly well and it's a genre hopper's delight but not in kind of like a, a, a too cheesy way there's a little bit of cheese in it but not too much um but i, I think two of the things that really help are a man called Dark Child who's Rodney Jerkins and Salam Remy because he the, between those two guys what well, i think they do 10 of the songs actually yeah 10 of the songs that are between two producers and that gives it a really consistent unified sound in terms of the tone, the consistency, the concept. Now, the musical genres hop around all over the place. Absolutely. But like you said, this parking lot is like an MIA junior song. Like my wife walked in the other day and she was like, is that MIA? I was like, no, that's Nelly. She's like, what? Um, but again, you see, look, this is my point. My my wife didn't, didn't recognize the song whatsoever. No idea. And again, you know, Luce is one of her favorite albums ever. So it's kind of like this is exactly the conundrum that it just passed everyone by. It's crazy. Um, now, I, I know like, you know, you're very much kind of purist when it comes to albums and say it doesn't, uh, you know, you don't. You don't need to worry about singles and stuff. I totally get that. In this instance, it just needed one goddamn single. It just needed one <laughs> Yeah, Big Hoops was not the one. As soon as it dropped, I was like, this is a pre-album single. This is not an actual proper single. Spirit Indestructible, I was like, Jesus, if you're already going for that as a single, then this is in trouble. Parking Lot was the <coughs> one that you thought, okay, that could do something. And ironically, I mean, you're completely right. Bucket List is the one that probably could have done the most damage. I think it could have done really well, Bucket List. But it kind of got this kind of, quite a while afterwards, it got like a little, sort of like a budget video for it and stuff. But I think Bucket List could have hit the radio, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah, probably. Absolutely. I think if that was the first video, I think if that was the first thing and they made like a, if they, if they planned around that, that song to make her comeback to come in there. And like do something interesting, like marketing wise, they could have did something with it. But I think it was just like they didn't know what to do with her yeah. because because that whole generation of kids went by her and the only people that knew anything about her was loose. I just feel like the six years hurt.
0: Six years of I remember she was on I
1: remember she was on B I remember she was on B T. And I remember the reaction that people on Twitter and they were like they were like scratching their heads, like she's back. And like didn't even like didn't even know what to make of it. A lot of Twitter like Twitter, the Twitter conversation about it when BET had it on there they just decided to know what to make of it all they said she had a fat ass that was all the other things I heard but other than that they were pretty much like I don't know what to make of this right here yeah and even a video with Big Hoops where she did all the Illuminati shit I'm like why are you doing the Illumi-? Like, are you trying to do like the Jay-Z plan with like, on to the next with all Illuminati imagery I'm like, I just didn't get why she was doing that on a throwback song
0: yeah it didn't make sense Big Hoops the video i I just it was slightly distinctive when she's on stilts and then the rest of it i just i don't think it really made sense it
1: was all illuminati imagery it just threw me off i was like why what does that do with big hoops
0: i didn't get that if i'm honest um yeah i just i just think you're right when you say it's a throwback song so why not do it as a throwback properly (laughs) you know all you have to do is like you're right she references so many songs kind of like okay why don't you take it back to like you know do a late 90s video kind of thing i I know she 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 kind of mentioned that it was kind of that feel ish a little bit but not really you might as well have just done a house party as 19 you know 90s
1: oh yeah or yeah do do like do like do do like one of those 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 like
0: fisheye hype williams hype williams fisheye
1: yeah, or or something like or something like you do like a like a like like a popular movie that was there and just redo it. You know what I'm saying? Like do that, do a, a classic scene from the '90s, yeah, and just do it really for title style or something.
0: Okay, but even then, that song wouldn't have hit though. Big Hoops was just not. It was not a strong enough standalone radio single. It wasn't. If she'd led with Parking Lot or Bucket List, I think it would have done a lot more damage. But even the outside, okay, outside all of that, and even Waiting for the Night, I think it was in certain markets that could have done well but but outside of those i just don't think i still think it needed one single it just needed a big big cheesy goddamn single just take the hit do it and then and let, then
1: let me ask you a question go on. Uh, let me ask you a question do you think as good as 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 good as you like this album do you think the sound was out of out of step with what was going on at the time
0: yeah massively which is probably why it's matured so well <laughs> <laughs> because because uh, okay so it's funny because she she was saying that once she started working with Dark child and then they were talking, and then she realised that he'd made loads of her favourite songs, that even the ones that she was referencing on Big Hoops and stuff like that, you know. which is a, bit, a really bizarre thing to say, because did she really not know that he produced something like The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica, or this, or that, or whatever? <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, did you really not know that? Because you're such a music head, that you, did you really not know that? Is that just something you're saying? I, I, I never quite got that comment. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing is, I think he Child comes across as someone. Obviously, he was deeply entrenched in uh, R and B and hip hop, and what with Michael Jackson as well. He got massive at one point. Um, he'd been out of the loop for a long time, so this is kind of a comeback for him a little bit as well. Um, he really does a lot of different genres on this song uh, on this album. I was shocked. Well, yeah, a lot. Like you're going for... you know you got. Especially the, especially the second
1: half, especially the second half after bucket list, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm, no, on the on, uh, second half of the album, I think he only does two songs actually. He does wait. He does Waiting at, for the Night and Miracles. Waiting for the Night
1: Miracles. Oh, I'm sorry,
0: Yeah, arguing, yeah. So, Waiting for the Night, I was pretty sure. I'm talking sure.
1: about the sound. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the sound yeah, overall. The
0: sound overall is yeah. the, the second half is very varied. She always does this. She always does like, uh, yeah, she always splits it into two. Um, but but he does a really good job, and and Salam Remy always does a great job. So uh, although I have to say the one song I don't like on this is one that he produced, which is pretty bizarre, um, which is the most beautiful thing. I can't stand that song. I don't know why it just rubs me up the wrong way. Um, <laughs> you, you know, when, you know, and something just jars you, you, with you. The you, melody. You don't, you
1: don't. You don't feel. You don't feel like ah no do no feel
0: no ooh, ah, especially, don't feel like, if, yeah. especially as it comes after Bucket List which is my favourite so- okay I tell you what let's do top threes on this one then. so what are, what are your okay. top three uh,
1: Bucket List is number one yeah uh, Very Indestructible is number two and it's it's a toss between
0: three you, you can do five if you want because I, I do like no nah, uh I'm going to do five. Enemy, enemy. damn it. You nicked my freaking one. Okay. Um, Okay, yeah. I'm going to go enemy, uh, bucket Mm -hmm. list, and... Right, I'm going to be really self-serving here Mm -hmm. and do five. So I'm going to do parking lot because I actually love that Mm -hmm. song. Spirit Indestructible. Big hoops. Now, I would actually include something featuring Nas because Nas is a fucking goat but I'm going to include Big Hoops because um, I did a mix around that time uh, and basically I started off with Nas um, when he did that song "Done," Don which is from Life is Good which is from the same thing and into it I brought in Big Hoops the extended remix and it's one of the best mixes I've ever, ever done. When when I dropped it, then people were just, like, phoning me, like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so let me explain it. So, okay, I bring in big hoops, bigger the better the bigger the better. Right, right. So that comes in. And then as soon as I cut out Nas, then basically I queue up the acapella for big hoops, which I had as well. Get them synced. So I'm just using two decks here, and then I, I scratch out, um, I scratch out big hoops, the actual proper version, and just leave the acapella going. So it's going I can go fast. I can go. St-. So that's just dead, except for the acapella. And then I bring in this tungra song by Punjabi MC, um, called "Morni," which was the massive giant song at uh, that point. And I bring it in and I, I, just don't know. I just actually did it off the cuff. I didn't even plan it. And it's one of the best mixes I've ever done uh, by far. Uh, it's just incredible. So, um. I still get compliments to this day, five years later, about about that little secret. <laughs> that people are like, wow, blah blah blah. So I'll always have a lot of affection for that, and it's completely self-serving. That's why I chose big hoops. Even though something's better. Um, okay, so I tell you what, let's let's go through the album and pick out a few highlights because I think if any album needs some fucking help, it's this. It, it needs us to talk about this. Basically, <laughs> I'm not even like sucking, sucking my own dick. We just need to talk about it because people, no one, no one even ever talks about this. It's crazy. Absolutely. Do you know what? I was even looking for Nelly Furtado to talk about this album. Yeah, she barely mentions anything about this album. It's amazing. I just, I just don't get it. Alright, so Spirit Indestructible. I think it's a great way to start off the album and it's a nice varied production. The other thing I'd say is that it's very timberland in a lot of ways, yeah. And I thought that was deliberate because if you ignore that Me Plan exists, then this basically leads on from Loose. It's kind of got that. I think that's what she was going for. Um, and it's very uplifting. Big Hoops, um, I think it's... Pff, I, lo- I really like Big Hoops. Um, yes, yeah, it goes on. But I think it's a great album track, put it that way. Yeah. it's not a single it just, it's just and and I can see why certain people didn't take to it because her her vocals are pretty strained on it actually I'd argue they're pretty strained the
1: bigger the better the bigger the bigger eh 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 what does it
0: no but the cor- the, the verse is it's, it's pretty strained yeah it's pretty strained I don't know it's funny because when i when I dropped the acapella of it the the acapella on that mix, I was kind of like, okay, the acapella's fine there's nothing wrong with <laughs> it. what's wrong with what, who mastered this It's really weird um high life I think it's a good song parking lot m i a man m i a all over it it's amazing um I, and I know that she was kind of like a a fan of some of the things MIA was doing and stuff. So I don't know if it's a direct rip. The other thing is, is the chorus on that na-na, not the chorus, but the bridge na 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 Oh, yeah. Someone made the comparison to I've Got My Mind Set On You. And then I was like, damn, that's actually quite I got my mind set on you. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's actually quite accurate. Mike uh, Bell
1: of... Mike Bella, Post Media News agreed, calling it the album's best moment, sound like a Gwen Stefani MIA mashup.
0: Yes. Yeah, Gwen Stefani's a good shout as well. Although you're when you're right. Eric
1: Henderson of Slant magazine said that it sounds like she's trying to win a bet that she could turn the hook from George Harrison's Got My Mind Set on You into a New Hollaback Girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um okay. <laughs> but, but, did you see the video for parking lot as well
1: i I just remember her being in a parking lot with some cars and that's all i remember
0: yeah i remember i didn't like the video at the time and then i watched it again a few weeks ago with my son actually and and uh and it i don't think he liked it um <laughs> i think i think he kind of liked the minis in it and then that was it and then he was kind of like no i don't like it but actually he really liked the waiting for the night video Robert
1: um, Copsey of Digital Spy wrote that the hypnotic propelling melody of horns and synths will no doubt draw comparisons to MIA for its off-kilter vo- vocals and bratty attitude as she keeplessly remarks, bring your car to the parking lot and ride all night till you get a spot.
0: <laughs> yeah. should. Yeah. I never even thought about the sexual connotations of parking lot. I think it's a great song, parking lot. Yeah, it's a yeah, shame yeah. that it didn't hit. Um, I, think, I think you're right. A lot of this album is wrong timing as well. Um, Something featuring Nas I think it's a great song it kind of very much sounds like Nas from that era of Life Is Good uh, uh, again we haven't had a Nas album since then that's been five years and Bucket List I think is the, the highest peak on this album if I'm honest it's just there's something to that song I think it just cuts away all the bullshit and even if there's a couple of lyrics on it are a little bit clunky actually but but something about this song just makes you just think what am I doing with my life <laughs> it's just, it's just, it makes yeah, you just strip away exactly. everything and just, it's amazing absolutely brilliant song incredible I think it's one of the best songs she's ever done to be honest
1: yeah I agree I do agree with
0: that one and then the second half uh, most beautiful thing don't like it Waiting for the Night uh, I, I think it's a good song I can see why it didn't really hit as a single but.
1: Dude, I keep thinking about when I hear that song I think about um, j Lowe's Waiting for
0: the Night exactly it is it is a redux of that song, basically. Whenever, it's whenever I hear it song, and I don't know if it's supposed to be because. I think
1: video.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is, is that I reckon a lot of this album is supposed to be kind of harking back to um, to when Nelly was around that age. Basically, I mean, she, you know, even got, you've even got that weird diary entry thing when she's talking on. Is it Bucket List and Waiting for the Night? Uh, you know, because she even said, I think she said in interviews around the time that. Uh, I think she went to Portugal and she had a crush on a guy and she was like she must have been like sixteen, seventeen, 17, or whatever like that kind of age. So, and that, that's what, around the time J Lo dropped "Waiting for the Night," um, which was my song for the Millennium, by the way. Yeah, yeah, not Will Smith. Please don't mention that Will Smith song. Well,
1: you don't the Millennium.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> you ruined it. You ruined the whole podcast, man. <laughs> 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 um, miracles. For me, Not your head. yeah, <laughs> miracles is all right. Hang on, which one's miracles again? How does miracles go? I'm getting confused. I
1: can't, I can't even tell you because now I'm thinking about enemy right now. Ah. <laughs> Miracle, Mir- miracles, miracles. Circles. The enemy kind of has like that same flow. Like that's yeah. the, that's the part of the album where it kind of has like that 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 that, that late. Wait for the night. Kind of the most beautiful thing. Kind of sets everything up, and it kind of goes into that 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 mid tempo. Like like. Drone, hypnotic until believers come out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. It's very kind of makes you think back, you know. Um, like
1: reflective, reflective, reflective. Yeah,
0: reflective. Reflexive. Yeah, yeah. That's nostalgic. nostalgic. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Enemy
1: has the catchiest, the catchiest hook. Yeah, and I think oh my like Lord. the other two kind of like they have different feels, but unless you hear them, it's weird. It's not, it's not a bad thing, but it, it, it like after the beautiful thing, it gets you into a mode until believers come back. It's kind of like after all the hectic stuff of the beginning part of the album, it's like this is more the laid back until believers come out.
0: Yeah. I could have done without the most beautiful thing. But like bucket list into waiting for the night, I think would have made more sense. Okay. Um Circles is actually low key a really good song. And and I mean, we'll talk for like a little bit about the ride at the end of this podcast. I can see circles being kind of like a precursor to the ride in already in a lot of ways i can tell musically that's the kind of direction not not okay not direct direction but if you talk about anything from this album that was looking forward to the ride i think it's circles definitely um enemy i think it's just a classic i just love that song so much that could have just been so big you're so right actually if this had come like one or two years after loose the enemy is exactly the kind of song. It had been produced by Salam Remy, who was so hot then. I could, I always imagine Amy Winehouse being being able to sing something like this song, actually, Enemy. Mm. It, it kind of It feels like she's channeling something about Amy, Amy Winehouse. I, d- I don't know why, I just get that feeling. Um, yeah. And then Believers. Believers is a funny one. I can tell why people didn't like it. It's kind of very 80s YouTube. Rocky, yeah. Yeah. But. Na, 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 na. I loved it. I loved it. I like and, the song too, yeah. Yeah, and and you know it gets some politics in there as well because um, it's about the Arab Spring. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just this album, the whole album, I think is great, save for one song for me. And even that song, I don't, I don't hate it. I just don't like it. Um, yeah, it's just okay. So it, it's, it's. I think it's a real shame it didn't hit. But I think it, yeah, I can see um, multiple reasons why it didn't hit. Um, Again, this is why I just say sometimes, you know what, just take the fucking L and make one cheesy goddamn single that you know (laughs) will... Just do it, whatever it takes, by hook or by crook. Because this is that album, by hook or by crook. If it had had one single to really kick off momentum, then the others would have done all right. Like, Big Hoops as a third or fourth single would have been fine. Waiting for the Night as a third or fourth single would have been fine. Bucket List as a second single could have been huge. Or or Parking Lot as a second single. Um, You just needed that opening? You, you just need you just need that in, right? You need your foot in the door sometimes, especially, as you've said, after six years, she needed to get something back in there. She needed something to get her back into public consciousness, put it that way. Because, uh, you know, she dropped off the face of the earth for most people. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a shame. I just think more and more I look back on this album I think it's just such a shame that it didn't have one big single because I think it would have been really good. I think, okay... Should we should we do a kind of ranking of her of her five albums?
1: You can say four for now.
0: Because <laughs> right, me I'll plan even, to be fifth anyway. So all right. Yeah,
1: but. yeah. So that's all going to be on the bottom. So we can just get to four. All right.
0: All right. So, so how, you would, you, how would you do it? You do it.
1: You want me to do it? Okay, mine yeah. is very easy. So you got folklore, Von uh Spirit Indestructible, and um, Loose.
0: Okay. Now, what what would you say the differential? Between those four albums is like I mean, would you say that? There's, there's oh, okay, like a so for, for,
1: okay, all right. I'm gonna do two grades. I'm gonna do my personal, and I'm gonna do the second number is gonna be like my 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 hard nosed critical thing. Okay, so folklore for me is a ten, and if I'm being critical, then I would say it's a seven point five. Then I would say Will Nelly for me personally is a nine, and then I would say critically it's a nine. I would say spirit indestructible personally is a seven, and I would say critically it's a seven. And then I would say for me loose is a five personally, and then critically I would say a seven.
0: Okay, I think you changed your scores for loose within what? the last twenty five. No,
1: I said, I said I said seven. I said seven four.
0: <laughs> Never no, personally four. even. Oh, did you say five? Personally, please?
1: it's five. Personally, it's five. Yes. Okay, okay. I gave it seven. I said I said if I put my critical hat on, I said seven. Or the crit- okay. or, or the, the, the listeners could tell me I'm a liar later on, I guess.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah this will be a good chance. But,
1: but, but I'm pretty sure it's five. I don't think I okay. gave it higher than a five on personal, but go ahead.
0: If only there's some way we could find out in the future. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> for the four albums for me, I'm going to oh, go, man, do you know what? I haven't actually thought this through properly. I'd probably go number one spot uh I'd probably go Woe Nelly actually mm mm-hmm. number one yeah. uh loose number two, spirit mm-hmm. indestructible number three and mm-hmm. uh, folklore number four but it, again that could be interchangeable mm-hmm. and and I think for me the differential between them is is probably a bit more narrow than you, so yeah. i'd probably i don't know like my favorite is is loose for sure it if you talk about personal memories followed by woe nelly but this album is really creeping up there man like um i love it absolutely love this album folklore is the one i've got the least attachment to for sure but if you talk about critically I, I think it's one it's one of her best albums definitely but i don't know like she's got four great albums i just i just like all of them i know they're not all-time classics like all four of them all time i get that but like I said, she's someone that I've just always had a lot of affection for from day one. She just spoke to me immediately. And yeah, I'm just always going to love her. I mean, all right, I'll tell you what, let, let's wrap all that up and then talk about the ride um, just for a couple of minutes. So have you listened to any of the songs from it? There's three songs that have released thus far. Uh,
1: I haven't really given it. Listen, I was going to I was going to do the thing where I was just going to, just, when it comes out, I'm just going to listen to it. But okay, I, I, may, I may or may not. Go back to. I mean, I, I heard like a part of a song, but then I just flicked, flicked it off, and I was like, I'll just wait. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll change my mind if I'm done listening to. After we're done doing the podcast.
0: Yeah. So I've listened to uh, to all three of the singles actually, uh-huh. uh, or not singles, but you know the three songs that have been released thus far, and on repeat as well. Like it's actually quite funny. Yesterday, I was I was putting up some curtains in the living room, so it's like a good couple of hours job. And I ended up just leaving pipe Dream, uh, pipe dreams on repeat one so literally just one song for two hours and um it passed the test basically so she's released thus far she's released cold hard truth cold hard truth which is the first song on the album it's this is great kind of intro song then I think track number two is flatline um flatline is kind of sounds like it's getting more into single territory i don't I don't think it's very good single i think it's a perfectly decent album track i don't think it's going to hit as a single i hope that's not the single put it that way because <laughs> I, it, it won't do any anything at all um pipe dreams is a lovely song i think that's been out since quite a while actually like four or five months at least um th- that's a beautiful song beautiful it's kind of okay so so basically on spirit indestructible she did the one song I don't like is Most Beautiful Thing or whatever it's called. Pipe Dreams is says like that, but a much, much better version. Much better. Um, so she's basically, she's she, she's hooked up with this guy, John Congleton, the producer. And he he's basically done a lot of work with a lot of indie bands, very well-respected indie bands and much more underground artists. So I think he's even said, look, Nelly Fatale is probably the most high-profile commercial artist that I've ever worked with. And so it's going to be a very, very fascinating album to see. I don't think, I think regardless of anything, I don't think it's going to do anything commercially much. And I think she probably knows that. I think this is a release for her, like a metaphorical release for her. Um, She said that, you know, she she struggled a lot over the last few years. I think she split from her manager, which was a big deal because he was her manager for like almost 18 years or something crazy. And, um, and then she the record lit situation record label situation changed as well, so I think this will probably just be through Nell Star. I would have thought uh yeah, I think it's exclusively through her own label actually um so yeah it's it's not going to have any of that <laughs> it's not going to have any of that loose sound um i don't know i I think it's I just think it's going to be a good album basically I think it's going to be a good album, it will have good lyrics on it, it will have really interesting production by John Congleton. And and a couple of others, and I, I reckon it's going to hit the spot for Nelly Furtado fans. Outside of that, I don't really see much happening, if I'm honest. But that's basing it on the three three songs that have been released. There might be something on there that that, that hits the mark, but who knows? Do you think it might I'm be really like, looking like a, forward like to like it? Like a, a Grammy like kind of album? It could be potentially. It could be one of these where you know you have a respected producer, you have someone who's coming back after a long time. If it hits the right mark, you just don't know. Um, I think I think she's going more for critical respect. Put it this way: I'm, I'm looking at. That's what I'll it's make my, it. Yeah, I'm making my prediction that this will get like a like a seven point eight on Pitchfork or something like that. Basically, I think mm-hmm. it will get a good score on there, and it. Will, it <laughs> let's just see how it goes. Basically, let's see. But I, I think it will be a strong album.
1: So you have hope by what you listen to.
0: I absolutely have hope. I think it's going to be a good album for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think commercially it's going to do anything, but. I mean, who really cares? I think she at this she,
1: point at, at this point in her life.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's been in the game. She released "Woe" well, nearly seventeen years ago, almost. I mean, that's yeah. like a whole person who can vote practically. You know, you're closing in on that. So I don't think she really cares anymore. She's not exactly struggling for money. She's putting this through her own record label. Um, I doubt she I will she's say. Gonna, oh, go on. Then.
1: I, I will say I like how the cover has like the picture of her in the middle, but it's, but it's a uh, but it's a uh, green. It's like it's like her inside of like a green cover, and then Aim had MIA's picture, yeah, surrounded by orange. Isn't it completely?
0: AIM. Yeah, is, <laughs> it's basically. I was gonna say, do you know? I was I was kind of flip flopping on if I'd say it or not, but um, uh-huh. very very Aim, like you know, definitely. Um, although I don't, I'm not actually sure if uh, Pipe Dreams came out before Aim and had that artwork already, but I'm not sure. Um, I haven't fact checked that. So, um, so yeah, I think I think it's going to be a strong album. I don't, th- but I think it'll be an album album. I don't think there is going to be any big singles from it. I don't think so. I hope I'm. I, I mean, let's see, but whatever. Okay, cool. Well, um, we we've gone past the mark, and yeah, have you got any kind of final thoughts on Nelly, or have we sort of have we put it out all on the field? I
1: think we, I think we, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. I mean, after we did the um, the album rankings, I think people who are in, inclined to give her a shot pretty much knows where we stand on certain things.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah, I I just want to say thank you to Nelly because I fucking love you. (laughs) It's just brilliant. You're one of my favorite (laughs) artists. No, but honestly, I I think sometimes, you know, obviously we do this podcast and it's really fascinating for both of us because we'll kind of push each other to listen to certain things outside our comfort zone. I think we're, we're both Nelly fans. But this listening to her over the last month, it's just brought home. I just, she really is one of my favourite singers this century. Just I just love her. I get her, and um, and like I, I would tell my kids, yeah, you know what? You probably haven't heard much of her, but you should listen to her. You'd, you'd like, you'd like. I can't really say anything more than that. Like I've got a very exclusive list that I would pass down to my children, so <laughs> she, she made it Um All right, cool uh i don't know if we're gonna do one on the ride i'd actually quite like to but but let's see if we, if we could that'd be so dope maybe, happens, yeah yeah maybe like a short one half an hour one or something yeah okay well my name is jessel and for so we say peace peace